Choose your fighter. Welcome back, everybody. What's up? How's it going? Glad to have you here We're on episode 10. Hope you like that little uh, intro that I got set up. I think it's pretty neat. Uh, video games are kind of like my hobby besides sports. Uh, and, you know, I just wanted to try something new. Hope you really uh, enjoyed it. If not, let me know. Give me some feedback. I can try something else another time. Um, so, you know, there's a lot that happened in the week of sports so far since the last time we've talked. Not too much has gone on in terms of the MLB. Uh, the lockout is still underway. But today, Tuesday, uh, March 8th, is the deadline. You know, players and owners are stuck on their beliefs. And it doesn't really seem like they're going to, you know, end the, end the game at, or end the lockout at all today. So I don't see future baseball happening anytime soon. You know, again... Fuck you, Rob Manfred. You suck. <laughs> I can't really say anything else about that. So that's the update on uh, the MLB. You know, we'll continue on to some other sports with the NFL. There's a lot happening with that since the last time we spoke. Big, big news. You know, the big news being something we'll cover later in the episode. I really intended to uh, do this episode about the biggest busts in sports but with everything that's happened recently with all the big big news uh, i don't think that i can cover those today and i'll do it in a future episode um for those who are listening you know i'm really hoping to get some guests set up and and schedule some times to speak with people uh, i think it's gonna be over zoom so that i can have the audio record and i can adjust it from there shout out to g Torado, he's uh, the one that gave me the idea. He has an art podcast, Rated G. Uh, if you like art or just like conversation in general, uh, give him a check out. You know, uh, he's a really cool guy. He's one of one of my better friends now. Uh, we talk about the UFC a lot, so you know, shout out to him. If you want to check that out, that'd be great. You know, give him a thumbs up, like, and subscribe, or whatever it is. YouTube again, it's Art of G on instagram rated g i think in spotify and youtube i will make sure to double check and post his links in my next instagram post so with that being said let's move on to the nba updates uh not too much has happened except for the fact that my boston celtics are catching fire they're currently in the fifth seed um, only f five games out of first place. They're on a three-game win streak. You know they're crushing it. My boy Jason Tatum looks unstoppable. You know he he dropped 50 the other night, 50 plus actually. So him and uh you know Jalen Brown and the team are starting to meld together, and they look scary, and they I think could be a really good playoff contender. And currently the way that they're set up in the playoffs, they'd be playing the Chicago Bulls, which would be a really tough matchup. But I think the Celtics would prevail in that one. Um, in other news, you know, the Brooklyn Nets look horrendous. They have now lost uh, 17 out of the last 20 games that they've played. So that is a horrible, horrible streak. They are tied with uh, the Houston Rockets in that, like, uh, the, in that streaks of worst 
game splits, I guess, is the term. You know, they split 20 games. They they went 3-17. That's pretty shit. They are currently up 20 on the, the Hornets, but I don't, you know, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, you know, not much else is there. The Lakers look atrocious. You do have a, a surprise contender in the New Orleans Pelicans, and that brings up a good topic to talk about for a little bit in Zion Williamson actually coming back to the Pelicans facility after doing a major rehab on his foot in Portland, which uh, the reason they do that is because they have a Nike camp up in Portland that does really, really extensive uh, rehab stuff in the Nike facility that they have in Portland because that's where the headquarters is. But the Pelicans are now in 10th place, which is the last play-in spot. There are two games above the next team, who are the Portland Trailblazers. And they they are starting to, to turn the corner. And I think if they uh, add Zion and he's healthy and he, he can play, that team could easily take the Lakers out and contend for a playoff spot. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, it really depends on if Zion comes back and if that team continues to stay on the right track that they're going right now. And another update, we'll talk about soccer. We had some big, big soccer matches this week. In the Premier League, you had the, the Man- Manchester Derby with uh, Manchester United destroying Manchester United. Did I say that twice? I think I did. So it was Man City beat Manchester United. Uh, City just, you know, took over, played their game, and just stomped Man U. There was no point in even, like, trying after the the second half. I mean, you know, United's not a great team, and they don't stand to look like they're going to be in a Champions League spot. They are a couple points out, and Ronaldo is actually hurt and didn't even play in the Derby game, so we'll see how that goes. You also had... Liverpool today play in the Champions League game, and they actually lost to Inter 1-0, but it was the second leg of the Champions League. Uh, and again, that's, you know, they play a home and a home, or home and away for each team. And today, Liverpool was away, and they actually lost. But in the aggregate score, which is just the total of the two legs, Liverpool won 2-1. So Liverpool moves on to the next round. Uh, Bayern Munich also played today, and they were tied actually 2-2, which was a shocking uh, score for Bayern, who seems to be one of the most unstoppable teams at the moment. And you know, people are talking, "Oh, is, is this the the end of Bayern? Are they are they falling off? Is 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 something happening?" So Bayern took that as a slap in the face and came out and destroyed uh, Salzburg and won seven to one. And they now move on to the next leg of the Champions League. It's pretty insane. Um, that's a wild score. 7-1. to one. It's pretty embarrassing, you know. But that's besides the point. And we also then move on to the weekend, which was Barcelona played Elche. And they were down at half. won nothing to a lower level uh, La Liga team. And they came out in the second half, made some substitutions, played the Chavi ball, and boom. Came back and scored two goals, one of which was a penalty. Uh, and then they ended up winning, and they're now in third place, which is great because the top four in each division make in each division in Europe make Champions League, and Barcelona is currently in third in their division behind Real Madrid and Sevilla. 
they don't really have a chance, I don't think, of winning the crown this year in La Liga. But hopefully they stay in the position that they're in and they save their Champions League spot for next season. And that's really all the other sports that I really feel like talking about at the moment. Not too much else has happened, I don't think. Ah, actually, I lied to you, sorry. Um, a crazy story over the weekend in La, La Mexico, Liga Mexico, or MX, um, there was a huge brawl in the game, and it was terrifying to watch. If you if you have if you don't know what happened, if you haven't seen the videos, there are fans running on the field, you know, trying to run away, taking off their uniforms so they don't get beat up. It was crazy, um, and it I just you know it was it was a, it was a violent violent scene, which actually ended up having huge consequences. Fans are banned, like a couple of home fans are banned for one year. A the owner now has to sell the team. It's it's it was crazy. It was a lot. You know that's probably another big big news in terms of what happened in the weekend. I just I don't know how that even happens. You know like what prompts somebody to get so outrageous over uh, their soccer team. I you know I guess. No, I don't even think so. I don't even think I would ever get to that point where somebody was pissing me off so much that I would fight them over something they said about the Cowboys. It, it, it would never happen, I don't think. Um, so that was, you know, something that if if you want to check that out, you should check it out. So I think we should just get right in on what else is happening in the world of sports, which is the NFL, and that's like the biggest topic I wanted to talk about. And the biggest, the biggest move I'll probably hold off till the end. So we'll start with something minor in terms of signings, right? Uh, you had Mike Williams, who is the Chargers receiver, who's a free agent, who actually started showing his talent that everybody thought he had after the draft last year. Finally, he had a pretty solid season. You know, he he ended on good terms with the team. He came out and said that he didn't want to leave, which is, which is what you want to hear from somebody. But I don't think he's really necessarily worth the money that he's gotten he's gonna get three years 60 million so that's 20 million dollars over the next three years he also is guaranteed 28 million dollars in his first year which i think is super super insane he's um, don't get me wrong he's not a he's not the the worst receiver in the NFL or anything, you know, the guy ended the season with 76 catches, uh, 1100 yards, nine touchdowns uh, by far his best, best season all time. He, he's good. He's got good hands. You know, he's tall. He's six, four. I just, I don't 20 million, right. In terms of contracts, he's on the same level as Amari Cooper. And do I think that Mike Williams is, is on that, that, uh, that level of elite, in my opinion, elite to good receivers? Uh, no. I don't think he's elite like Amari. Amari uh, has insane route running and uh, catching ability. Mike Williams hasn't had the ability to stay healthy uh, or even make the big catch when it mattered, you know? So good for him getting the contract that he got. It's, I guess, in terms well deserved for him. I don't know if. San Diego, or not San Diego, <laughs> if Los Angeles wanted to give up a talent that he could be now that he's finally showed his potential 
and give that away to a different team. So I think that that's why they ate the cost and were like, screw it, we're going to pay this man his money. So, you know, we'll see how it goes on in the future. I would definitely think that he'd be a later draft pick in a, in a fantasy draft, 8th eighth, eighth to 10th round range. You know, don't spend like a first four-round draft pick on him unless, you know, you do like a keeper league or like a dynasty league. You know, I'm sure somebody has him already. But, you know, keep an eye on him this season. I think he might be actually t- uh, showing what he's got now that he signed that big deal. Uh, you had in... Other news, you had the Cowboys tagging Dalton Schultz, restructuring Zach Martin and Dak Prescott's contract. I think they're going to restructure Zeke's contract as well. And this then now gives Dallas over $20 million in cap space. And thank God for that because I was super scared that they were going to cut Amari Cooper and tank Demarcus Lawrence. uh, Which they still could possibly get rid of one of the two. Hopefully they don't get rid of Amari Cooper uh, I think that would be stupid. Yes, he's guaranteed $20 million, but look at what he brings to the team. There's a lot of people out there saying that Amari Cooper being on the field hinders Dak, which I don't agree with. What I think Dak had an issue with was his O-line's not as great as it used to be, but I think that they can address those issues in the draft. I think that he needs a little bit more time in the pocket to be able to see what's open downfield because when Amari runs those routes, he's set to be in the middle of the field or going to the deep ball, and that takes time for him to progress through his route running and making the moves that he needs. So Dak needs more than two seconds for him to be able to throw the ball, and a lot of the time it seemed like Dak wasn't, I I wouldn't say scared, but he was kind of like, you know, like trying to figure himself out after the injury, trying to like to get – used to being in the pocket, which is the inside of the lineman, right? So you have your left and your right tackle. You have your left and your right guard in your center. And they create a wall. And then that wall inside is a pocket that the quarterback sits in so that they can step up and throw the ball. But that's their protection that they have. And I think that Dak just, you know, all season long wasn't getting the best protection from Connor Williams or Biotish. Even even when Terrence Steele was in the game sometimes, I don't think it was the most sturdy uh, line. So I think he was a little shook when it came to that. So hopefully they don't let go of, of Cooper. The guy has had 3,000-yard seasons since he's been on in Dallas, and I think he's just going to keep getting better. I think they need to give him a chance. They've talked about re-signing Gallup. They still have CeeDee Lamb and Amar Cooper. Please bring him. <laughs> Do not cut him. I think this then opens the ability for Zeke to to have a better season. If for him to be healthy, it would be great. They have Tony Pollard, them tagging Dalton Schultz. That brings you a a more consistent offense with somebody who knows the offense, a good catching tight end like a Jason Witten. He definitely needs to work on his blocking. But these are all positive steps forward for Dallas. I just hope they don't make the wrong move in cutting Amari Cooper. Um, in terms of Demarcus Lawrence, that's a more tough decision. You know, you have to think you're going to have Randy Gregory out there. There's going to be plenty of of free agents. Maybe you take a chance on Vaughn Miller, who's a free agent out there, um, and we're going to cover him in a minute because it, <laughs> he's got some crazy things that he posts on Instagram. So you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Chandler Jones didn't get tagged today, so he's an option. You gotta, you gotta like think about what's out there in terms of of saving money if you cut tank i think you get 10 plus million dollars uh 
but you freed up 20 plus 20 million plus in the cap so you know there's plenty of new free agents out there and that's what I wanted to address today is uh you had a couple players who you were going to you would have thought would have gotten uh franchise tagged or at least re-signed being able to be free agents one of which is the honey badger and that is a huge huge need for the Dallas Cowboys in in terms of safety right i really think that Dallas needed help in the safety department even with Jaron Malik Hooker and uh DeMonte KZ which i didn't i'm not a huge fan of KZ i'm not saying he's horrible i just don't think he's the best uh, I think that they could definitely use an upgrade and maybe spend some money on someone like the Honey Badger. And we'll we'll see. We'll see how that that shakes out. I would love for them to also bring back uh, J. Ron Curse. I'm not gonna just stick with the Cowboys. That's not everything I'm gonna talk about. But that's that's my team. So you know I gotta address some of the things that are gonna happen. You know them being a later draft pick, they can also draft a lineman, a D lineman, or an offensive lineman, or even a pass rusher at that point in this draft because it's so defensive and offensive line heavy. I would love for them to get Jordan Davis. Oh, that would be sick, dude's a six four three, almost four hundred pound D lineman who runs a four nine forty. Or four seven or something, whatever. Super fast, dude. He's he's quick. He's is agile. Uh, only downside I I think he has is he's he's a three down lineman, you know, or two down lineman. You can't really put him into uh, too many situations because he's gonna get tired and gassed, and and you gotta figure that out. But I think that he's he's gonna be able to to trim down a little bit and be an insane monster. If Tyler Lindenbaum is still there, I would love for them to get him. There's a lot of mock drafts out there. It, I think if you know if you're really huge NFL fan, it it'd be worth looking into what happened or what your team is gonna be uh, in those mocks and who they're tra- they're getting and you know. So check that out. I think it, it's very interesting. I love that kind of stuff. And you know, I now will transition to other things which means I'm going to transition to different teams and what they did with their their franchise tag, which is uh, the ability to take a player and uh, keep their rights, right? So you have a player like Dalton Schultz, who's a tight end, and you then take the salaries of the top three tight ends in the NFL and you pay that, that person that salary for the year unless a deal is agreed upon a long-term contract. And so that's what majority of the teams do is like they'll find the person that they they can't yet agree on a long-term contract and they will give them the franchise tag so that they can work on that, you know, in terms of like cap friendly, guaranteed money, you know, roster bonus, all that kind of stuff, years of contract, you know, it's it's something that every NFL team goes through. So uh, today was the franchise tag deadline. And a couple of the teams that did the franchise tag, we have Cincinnati uh, tagging Jesse Bates, who's a really, really good uh, secondary player. You have Cleveland tagging David Njoku. Um, you know, he, sh- he flashed his potential this year, and I think that he's going to be a key part of the Cleveland Browns, especially if they don't get a, a big-name wide receiver in free agency because Baker's going to need the help. He's got probably the best O-line in the NFL the best running back combination. Now they just need one good elite receiver, and I think that they're back into contention like they were two years ago. 
Then you have Dallas again, already said, Dalton Schultz. Green Bay uh, franchise tag Devontae Adams and not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but we'll cover that in a second. Uh, I think that they're going to work out a long-term deal for Adams. He's going to be their cornerstone for a long time. You have Jacksonville franchising Cam Robinson, who's uh, you know a pretty good left tackle, and that's big for Trevor Lawrence because he gets to keep somebody who's actually a decent offensive lineman on the team. You have the Chiefs doing their franchise tag with Orlando Brown. Somebody traded a couple first or a first round pick in. Uh, two years ago, and he's a he's a good offensive lineman, left tackle. You have the Dolphins using Gasicki, or their tag on Gasicki, who is a tight. He's listed as a tight end, but plays more of a, a slot receiver. He's huge, great, great hands. You know, somebody that could be potentially dangerous on the field. Oh man, that that offense could be so so good if if two is given the a great O line or even a decent O line. Um, and then the last franchise tag today was used on Chris Godwin, which is, you know, big. It, it was it wasn't big news. It was news that you th- you knew was going to happen because Tom Brady left. He being a good receiver complements Mike Evans really well. So you don't want to lose that. Right. And that's you know, that covers most of the tags. A couple teams didn't use their franchise tag and the Patriots with J.C. Jackson. Which should be interesting. You know, Bill Belichick usually never misses on people that he lets go. So it should be interesting to see what he's going to do with J.C. Jackson and see how he's going to replace him. Or if they're going to just sign him to a long-term deal and they're not going to get rid of him. And that now brings me to the Aaron Rodgers fiasco. So Charles Barkley nailed it right on the head when he said that Aaron Rodgers is that pretty girl that has to be told that she's pretty or the the attractive dude that has to say he's ha- or been told that he's handsome, you know. And Aaron Rodgers is that person because if he's not mentioned or if he's not like brought up in conversation, he gets angry. So he does something stupid like say, "Oh, I've got a broke toe or covid toe or, or, or you know, vaccinated or whatever." Um he wants to stay in the mainstream. And and Charles Barkley called him out on it and it's 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 so true. But today he set the record in contracts being signed to a four-year, $200 million extension. That is that is insane money. But then that also is four more years of Rodgers. And I think that's why they tagged uh, Adams is because, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers' best friend on the team. So they obviously have to take care of him. And you don't want to get rid of a, a good re- a, a, an elite receiver like him when you re-signed somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know. Um, which I'm not so opposed to. Good for Rodgers, I guess, you know, stays in the division. That division is the Packers for a while, I think. I don't think that the Lions, the Vikings, or the even the Bears are going to compete for that title for, I don't know, a couple more years at least. Um, I do feel bad for Jordan Love. He was drafted with the first pick overall a couple years ago. Or not first pick overall, but their first pick in the first round a couple years ago. And now he's probably going to end up being traded to a different organization that will, you know, take time for him to adjust to. And probably, you know, I won't say it spells the end of his career, but, you know, it, I mean, it's it could screw him up and he's going to have to figure out how to, to move past what happened. I can't say that he's a good quarterback. I can't say he's a bad quarterback. There's just not enough tape and the tape that's out there isn't great. So I don't want to bash his career before it even starts. You... 
then have some other more some other trickle down effects for the Rodgers deal, right? So Green Bay signs Rodgers, and who's linked to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? But uh, that that would be the Denver Broncos. Denver has been linked to Rodgers ever since the whole like end of the year. Like, I don't get along with this team. This team doesn't really give a shit about me kind of thing. So Denver being Denver, trying to trade for him, not working out, they... Man, this really bugs the shit out of me because I don't want Denver to succeed. They end up getting Russell Wilson in a huge, huge deal. Uh, Russell Wilson is traded to the Denver Broncos for Drew Locke, no offense, Shelby Harris, two first rounders, two second rounders, and a fifth rounder. That is an insane haul for a uh, one player and a fourth round pick. I don't want to say that that's not a good pick. I think it's a win-win for both teams because one Seattle gets rid of Russell Wilson's contract. Russell Wilson's a little older now. He, you know, he's got two more years left on his deal. And you know, and they're in a rebuilding phase, so why not get someone like a Noah Fant, you know, who could end up being a cornerstone to your team as a tight end? A couple, you know, plenty of draft picks. Shelby Harris, who's not a slouch himself, and Drew Locke, a serviceable, a serviceable quarterback for the next couple years until you find that quarterback that you want to be your new Russell Wilson or whoever. They're going to be, and they, they make their name for themselves, you know? Then you have on Denver's side, a, a team that was a quarterback away from competing in the playoffs in a super, super stacked division with the Chiefs and Mahomes, the Chargers with Herbert, and even Derek Carr with the Raiders. This, I think, in my opinion, drops the Raiders to the fourth seed in that division. You know, then you, I think you have the Chiefs. You then now, I think, in my opinion, have the Broncos, Chargers, then the Raiders. Russell being there really elevates that team so much with Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Javante Davis, and I think Melvin Gordon is coming back as well. So you have to see – you, oh man, you have to wait and see for this team. But if this doesn't excite you, then I don't know what does for you in the NFL because this is going to be what I think – you know, what Peyton Manning did for the Broncos. And they could he could easily lead them to a Super Bowl. No problem. You have to think. He's got a decent defense already as it is. And then now you're adding Russell Wilson to a team that has a at least two number one receivers. Obviously, with this, with the, the pick that they could have used this year, could have drafted another tight end. But, but they don't have that now. But, you know, you never know what's going to be in the draft or what's going to be in free agency. You can always find that stopgap for, for tight ends because that's such an – like. The veterans market, you know, you always want to get a veteran tight end no matter what scenario you're in. But that doesn't leave him a gap. You know, Russell goes from being in the one of the worst offensive lines to one of a better offensive lines. No, I wouldn't say great, but they're mid-tier offensive line. He only needs just a little bit of time. He's mobile. He's got a cannon for an arm still. He's smart. He makes great decisions. And it this is this should be scary for any AFC team. On the flip side, Seattle, you know, Seattle is already in a division with the Rams, the Niners, and the Cardinals, and they're definitely at the bottom when it comes to uh, talent, you know, the talent tier or whatever. I don't think that they were going to succeed in the years coming, so 
they made the smart decision to offload Russell Wilson. I wouldn't be surprised if they offload, you know, somebody like a Lockett, Chris Carson, whatever, uh, so that they get more draft picks for the future. Drew Locke's not terrible, but he's going to a team that is one of the that that gives up the most sacks, or one of the teams that gives up one of the like the most sacks, you know. So he's not gonna be overly successful i won't say he won't be successful but i don't think he's going to be on the same tier as what russell's going to be for the broncos you also give noah fant to the seahawks and noah fant's a good tight end i think he'd be top 10 if he had more targets and and now he's going to an offense where i think he's the focal point besides dk metcalf you know, DK is is a big body receiver who can take you deep, and now you have a Noah Fant who's got great hands and can catch the ball and take you out in stride. So this this team won't be horrible by any means, and I think that they have talent all around. But I don't think that they're going to be a playoff caliber team. Um, they definitely will have some issues going forward, but I think that it's a win win situation. Broncos are in win now mode. They got the the quarterback that they wanted, and the Seahawks got draft picks and for a rebuild, and they're looking set up for the future. You know, they get the pick pick nine this year. They should definitely go offensive line or trade back. I don't think they should draft a quarterback in this in this coming draft. I think that they should wait till next year. I think that's that class is much much heavier, and the, that um that pick, oh, you know, that, that's the hard thing. I guess you're right. You know, if you think about it, right, nine is the lowest it'll be in terms of the next couple years. So if you were to to trade back and get a different pick, you have to think about what you're gonna get because you want a lower draft pick. So maybe maybe this is the year that you go out and you draft someone like a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, who is gonna be insane if you haven't seen Malik Willis's tape you need to look him up and and check out his combine highlights and his gameplay at Liberty the dude is is ready to go I think one year behind an elite quarterback or a veteran quarterback just to get his hands under him and get a feel for the NFL that dude could take off easy so beware of whatever team he's gonna go to he could easily succeed anywhere that being said um the domino effect is obviously going to happen now that Russell went to the Broncos. You still have teams like the Saints, the Bucks, Washington, the, Com- Ugh, the Commanders. What a horrible name. Ugh, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, the Commanders looking for a quarterback. So and with those three teams, you have Jimmy G, you have Famous Jameis. I think even Kirk Cousins is up on the block, Daniel Jones. Um, there are rumors right now swirling that Mitchell Trubisky is gaining a lot of uh, attention and could be going to the Giants possibly and competing against Daniel Jones for the starting quarterback. Trubisky's not horrible, and that does kind of like bother me a little bit if he does come to the Giants because he could easily take Daniel Jones out and become a better starting quarterback than he was. He's mobile. He's got a good arm. But he has the same issue that Daniel Jones does besides the fumbling, that he does throw some interceptions because he doesn't make the best decisions. So we'll see. It's It'll be interesting. I don't really know what that what the plan is for him. But he could also go to the Commanders or the Saints 
because you know he's probably going to get a one-year deal or a two-year deal that'll be cheap. So any of those teams could easily afford him. You have then Jimmy G, who's looking to be out of San Francisco, and he's been linked to the Saints. So that could be an interesting thing with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and then the other Saints weapons. I think that you need to definitely sign someone else, maybe like an Allen Robinson type player or draft somebody. I think they've definitely got potential, but that potential hasn't been tapped yet with everything that goes on. I think Jameis could go back there. Jameis could also go back to Tampa Bay. Um, I think that would be kind of funny, but you never know. I mean, Jameis got that LASIK, so now he can see everything. You know, He can see all the defenders. He won't be throwing 30 interceptions this year. Going back to the Broncos, I did I did mention that now that Russell Wilson's there, they're easily one of the most contending teams in the NFL, which is crazy because Von Miller posted earlier uh, in the week on his Instagram that he wants his old locker back and he misses the 58-something, which is the, the I guess, the uh, the area code that the stadium's in or whatever or, or something. He was like, I wonder if they gave me my old locker back. How fucking crazy would that be if you win the Super Bowl with the Rams and then you go back to Denver, the team that drafted you, and you win another fucking Super Bowl? How pissed off would you be as a fan to see that kind of shit? That would make me so mad um, because I've always wanted Von Miller on my team because he, he's a monster. But if he signs somewhere else, then does Aaron Donald not come back and he just stay retired? Or does he retire because he wanted Von Miller and OBJ? And if Von Miller doesn't re-sign with the Rams and he goes back to Denver what's Aaron Donald going to do, right? And then if Aaron Donald's gone, you're about to re-sign Matt, uh, Matt Stafford to a huge $45 million contract. Does that open it up for other teams to see weakness on the Rams' defense if Donald and Miller don't come back? Because you you know the offense is going to be lethal, but you don't know what the defense is going to be without those two people. Then that opens the door for somebody like the Cardinals or the the Niners. But if the Niners trade Jimmy G, is Trey Lance the answer? Is he ready to step up and go with the offense that they have with the Debo and uh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and their defense is good? And then you have the Cardinals, which I think are a good team, but Kingsbury seems to be too naive and Kyler Murray is a greedy bastard. Um <laughs> That dude like reportedly asked for $80 million a year. I'm going to keep that pause in there because you have to be out of your fucking mind if you think you're going to get $80 million for the way that you freaking play. Sure, he looks like an MVP in the first like seven, eight games of the season, but then what happens? He falls apart. He starts looking like a chicken without his head. He starts throwing the ball all over the field. He makes mistakes. He chokes. He's not a great game manager when crunch time. He definitely doesn't deserve $80 million. You know what he does deserve? He deserves to be able to play baseball whenever the fuck he wants to because he's a top 10 overall draft pick, I think like three or four years ago. The dude's an all-star, like you know, an elite shortstop prospect, and hasn't been given the opportunity to go play baseball. And maybe that's what it was, and maybe that's why he asked for eighty million dollars so that he could get something like, "I want to go play baseball. You're gonna let me do it. You're gonna put it in my contract, kind of deal." You know. So we'll see how that unfolds. That division is up in the air uh, with everything that's unfolding. 
you know, every division right now doesn't have a clear-cut winner. That's great for football, and that's great for me. With all of these positive things that are going on currently with the contract situation, I do want to delve into a unfortunate situation, and that's somebody who I thought had a bright future or a promising career that got kind of like cut short today in Calvin Ridley. Uh, he was recently found guilty or whatever. He was accused of gambling on uh, football while technically being employed by the Atlanta Falcons and the NFL. Uh, I think it's completely different from the Pete Rose scandal. Pete Rose was uh, actively managing the uh, Reds and playing for the Reds while he was betting in the MLB. But Ridley was away from the team. He was he was not playing. So the his betting it seems to be different from Pete Rose. I know that's hard for some people to understand, but Calvin Ridley made a $1500 parlay, right? In terms that's like $15 for you and me. Unless I got some rich millionaire out there listening to my podcast and if if you're a millionaire and you're rich, help your boy out. I need a loan. That'd be great. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just got to shoot my shot sometimes. A guy who's who's making 10 plus million dollars a year, right? Put a $1,500 parlay on a couple NFL games while he wasn't even playing. Didn't have the love for the game. Went away from, from his team. Couldn't even really watch football, but he, he still made a bet. Whatever. That's like pennies to the dude. And he's being now suspended for an entire season, forfeiting $11 million because he made a $1,500 bet on on FanDuel or whatever and, and was caught doing it. And this is where it gets really stupid. He was suspended a whole season for gambling while not even playing. And if you could say whatever you want, oh, but he's, he's a part of the NFL, he shouldn't be, be doing that, that's fair. But he wasn't playing, so it doesn't affect the game. Him betting, if he even bet on Atlanta for to, for them to lose, doesn't have oh man, it doesn't have anything to do with it because he's not going to go out there and affect the game. He's not that big of a difference maker for Atlanta to have win, won any of their games. He's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, Jake. If you're listening, I'm not saying that he's not elite. He's and he's not a game changer, but. I don't think him being there changes the outcome of what Atlanta was last season. And and that's what I'm trying to say is he's not he didn't go out there and like bet $1500 that Atlanta was going to lose by by a touchdown or whatever or you know Matt Ryan was going to throw an interception and it be Calvin Ridley's fault that he goes out there he runs a slant route instead of a fade and he whispers to the defender yo I'm going to I'm going to run the wrong route just run a fade Matt Ryan's going to throw you the ball, pick it off, you guys are going to win kind of thing. That's what I'm trying to, to say. You know, he didn't go and affect the game personally. He was just betting on the game. Um, got a year suspension, right? So here's what I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down the major NFL suspensions list, and you tell me how these suspensions add up. And it's absolute bullshit. Ray Rice, for those who don't know, Jordan, he's not the killer. He savagely punched his wife in the face in an elevator after she spit on him. Only suspended two games. Greg Hardy, piece of shit, fights in the UFC. He got knocked out um, in the first round on Saturday. I'll cover that later. 
beat his girlfriend, threw her on a bed full of guns, was found not guilty, whatever, only suspended four games. Adrian Peterson, I would say one of the all-time greatest running backs, you know, whatever, um, beat his child with the switch, which is just a branch off of a tree that he spanked the shit out of his kid. You know, felony child abuse. He recently also hit his wife on a plane. Only suspended six games. You have Josh Gordon, who smoked a little bit of marijuana. Got high, whatever, right? Dude is an elite talent at the time. Suspended six fucking seasons for smoking weed. Six. Completely taken out of the NFL. Recently reinstated, good for him. And NFL has stopped testing for marijuana. Martavis Bryant still not reinstated in the NFL. Still suspended for marijuana. You know, so figure how that goes. And that's what I'm talking about. The NFL, where you can just go and beat the shit out of a woman, and only be suspended four or five, or you know, anywhere from two to six games. Meanwhile, you go smoke a a joint, which is legal in most states or whatever, however many states, you get suspended for six seasons in your prime. In your prime. Just think about it. Or you gamble a little bit of money, like cents, and you get suspended a whole year. But, you know, I go beat the shit out of my wife. I'm going to get suspended two games. Fuck it. Like, how does that make any sense? And this is why Roger Goodell sucks. He's a great business guy when it comes to the NFL. Makes the NFL tons of money, but is an absolute idiot when it comes to to shit like this domestic violence race whatever he sucks and i don't want to get too far into it but you know what you take it and you think about what that means to you especially now in this day and age a guy betting fifteen hundred dollars in a world that owners profitize off of us making bets on games being suspended a whole year and someone like Adrian Peterson or Ray Rice only being suspended two to six games for beating the shit out of somebody. A woman, mind you. Sorry. And that goes for any any gender. Right? You know, it's a big problem in, in, uh, in all sports. Not just the NFL, but the, the NFL is one sport where you just get away with it. So I don't, I don't really want to talk about it too much. Um, it gets me really mad. And I don't want to get too passionate on the... F- the fucking podcast. Last thing I want to talk about the NFL is that you have, again, it's going to fall back to to Wilson. He is the first ever quarterback to ever uh, be traded or signed to a team that he be uh, that they beat in the Super Bowl. I gotta gotta learn not to to just generalize gender anymore, uh, because you never know when you're gonna have some someone else of some other gender winning a Super Bowl. So, Russell Wilson, being a man, <laughs> is the only ever man to have ever been traded from one team to another winning a Super Bowl. Um, and that's where I'm going to end the NFL talk, and I'm going to cover a little bit of UFC before I end today's podcast. So, on Saturday, as we covered last week, UFC 272 happened. And it was Covington versus Masvidal, Dos Anjos versus Moicano. It was a pretty good fight card overall. Like even in the prelims, it was like really, really good. Just constant action, constant fights. You know, people beating each other up. It was it was actually a lot of fun to watch. And I, you know, wouldn't mind going back and watching some of the replays. 
Now the main card, no, it didn't live up to the hype. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't boring by any means, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Colby did win. He did beat Jorge. Um, he used adv- his advantage of wrestling, his background, and just dominated Jorge the entire time. There was at one point though where Jorge caught him and almost knocked him out, but Colby recovered quickly and 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 uh, cap, uh, you know, just took him down and 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 grounded pound him the entire rest of the round huge ups to hanato moicano you know he looked out the first couple rounds like completely knocked out like he was just you know out on his feet just getting ragdolled you know you could have easily stopped the fight in the fourth round even in the third but the uh, the ref mark goddard he allowed the fight to continue which is great good ups for him Moicano came out in the fifth and and you know showed his heart and put it all on the line and I th- could easily won that round, but you know Dos Anjos won and then you had Kevin Holland versus Cowboy Oliveira and Holland looked a little antsy you know his first fight in at 170 got caught in a dangerous position at the end of the round in a rear naked choke but uh, if you haven't seen the meme yet my man throws his thumbs up while being choked and it's like I'm okay horn rings. Second round comes, boom, straight fire, and knock each, you know, he knocks out, I guess, TKO's uh, Oliveira. Great job for him. It's, it's exciting to see what he's going to do. It's, you know, and that, that fight card was, was great. I think that it also sets up a lot of other future deals. Masvidal, you know, having re-signed, now has to look for a name to stay relevant, and they're talking Connor after the Nate fight, maybe even a rematch for the BMF belt. So there's a lot of things going on. Uh, Khabib was inducted in the Hall of Fame on Saturday, which is which is amazing. Uh, good for him. He's one of the greatest fighters of all time. Unstoppable. But now you got a bunch of other Russian dudes taking over. Uh, but I don't want to get too into that right now with all the stuff that's kind of happening. I don't want to, you know, you know, be too controversial. I don't know if that's even controversial. I just don't want to talk about it. You know, I don't want to have upset anybody with all the stuff being going on with the Ukraine stuff. But that's really, you know, that's a couple recap. I would love to do an entire just episode of, of UFC. And I, I really think I'm going to do that at some point where I just cover nothing but uh, fighting. And I think that I'm going to do that with a guest. So if you're a huge UFC fan, you know, tune in for that. I'll make sure to post it before, like everywhere on every social media. But like this is be a UFC podcast if you want to catch it. With that being said... You know, I think today went really well in terms of the podcast. I had a lot of fun. You know, I didn't stop at all. So uh, I <laughs> will apologize now if you hear something funny like a burp or um, some some weird noise in the background. I'm, you know, obviously going to go back and edit everything. So hopefully I catch everything before it happens. Um, but again, this is a new new format, new intro. Hopefully you guys like the intro outro is going to be the same thing um but just trying something new something fun you know with all that so if you have any suggestions or you know if you don't like something just let me know shoot me an email shooting the sports 24 at gmail.com i would love to have some feedback you know it is always taken the right way i don't ever get too upset about it just please you know, if you're listening to this, just let me know. I, you know, I won't get upset, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, I forgot to cover one thing. Saturday being Coach K's last home game in Cameron Indoor. 
Duke did lose to North Carolina, and Coach K was pissed. I mean, I think I would be too going out the way that they did, having a lead, and then, you know, just like somehow just losing all momentum and, and losing to that team and and kind of like it felt like they gave up. But Coach K, I think, is going to turn this into a teachable moment. And hopefully they come out with vengeance in the tournaments, the ACC tournament, and also the uh, the March Madness, which I hope to cover soon because everybody is now in tournament play. And you're going to have some crazy upsets. I'll maybe give you some picks if you want to make a bracket, all sorts of stuff like that. So, again, with that all being said, let's cover you know today's sports facts for the day. Um, in 1930, baseball slugger, you know, covering baseball to you know a little bit today hopefully this is being good news uh babe ruth signs a two-year contract for the new york yankees at that time being a huge contract for a hundred and sixty thousand dollars um and someone said the gm being that someone said no one will ever be paid more than ruth um how he was so so wrong um, plenty of people are now paid more than Babe Ruth. Even even minor leaguers are paid more than Babe Ruth. Uh, and to finish it, one last one you have in today's sports news. Um, 1987, you had NC State beating North Carolina 68-67 in the ACC Men's Basketball Tournament. Nothing huge, I guess. You know, It's not like a championship, but today's the days where they start. I guess I can't really end it on that one. Um, today being National Women's Day, I should probably shout out a woman as well. Women being very important in my life. Uh, in 1986, Martina Navratilov. Uh, no, let me say that again. Nava, Navratilova is the first tennis player to have ever earned $10 million. So congratulations to her. Shout out to women's tennis. Um, Serena being the GOAT. Up there with even Federer and Djokovic and Nadal. Um, if you don't think women's sports is real, then fuck you. Get a life. Support women. You know, bring them up as much as you can. Bring eyes to the game. Do the what you can as as a community. We gotta we gotta bring eyes to all sports, not just men's sports and NBA, but WNBA, not just men's soccer and MLS, but the NWSL, women's national team women's MMA, like all that shit, dude. We gotta we gotta pump them up and bring them up so that they're seen equal as, as we are. Um if you're listening to this and you got this far to the podcast, it is the end. But let me tell you, I do love all of you for you listening to me. Thank you so much. Um much love. Until the next time. Peace out. Mm-hmm.